Everyone, welcome back to the Daily Blend Show, episode number 36. This is the weekly rundown. If you're new around here, the way it works is the weekly rundown comes out on Tuesdays, and the Friday Top 5, as the name describes, comes out on Fridays. Um, For the weekly rundown, this is the segment where we highlight stories we thought were interesting and notable across business and technology. This week, we've got some great stories on Portillo's seeking to go public. Pocket uh, finds a new home. Short form audio is here to stay, maybe. The NFL ditches Clubhouse. Royalties are in demand from PMs in the UK and how Erica Nardini has transformed Barstool Sports over the last five years. As always, you can get this episode and all other previous episodes on such great podcast platforms as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and then on platforms like YouTube and Instagram TV, and of course, dailyblend.com. Don't forget to subscribe and like or follow Daily Blend on Twitter and Instagram. With all that said, let's jump into the show. So I keep on saying let's jump into the show, and then I want to talk about the song selection. So maybe i got to change the intro a little bit. So on the last story, we're going to talk about Erica Nardini, but there's tie-ins to the intro song. So it was I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. I listened to one of her more recent Token CEO podcasts, and she was like talking about what her theme music would be, and this was it. So shout out Token CEO, shout out Diana Ross. Fun track. Um, just makes me pretty happy when I hear it. But uh, enough about the music. Let's jump into the stories because that's why you're here. So Portillo's uh, plans to go IPO, and if you're not from the Midwest, like I wasn't five years ago, you wouldn't or likely don't know of Portillo's. So let me just give you a little background. It is an Oak Brook-based fast casual chain known for Italian beef sandwiches, chocolate cake, and of course, hot dogs. Uh, They are trying to go public or have submitted paperwork to go public. And what I find is interesting is if you look at the kind of unit cost per store, they generate about $7.7 million based on a data essentials study from about a year ago. Whereas you look at like Chick-fil-A, which is also a fantastic uh, national chain, they generate about $4 million per store. And that was from the same study. Uh, While I don't have defined facts and figures, I've had or heard rumors that, you know, some of the larger chains like the McDonald's of the world uh, make between $1.5 and $2 million. So the average sort of unit uh, revenue for Portillo's is extremely high. Now, the question I always ask is, can Portillo's expand beyond kind of their core Midwest base. And if you've ever been to a Portillo's, you know that they're actually pretty big restaurants. They do a fantastic job of drive-through. And their menu is fairly fresh, but maybe not the healthiest. Not that that's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a fact. And, um, you know, as someone who's living in the Chicagoland area, my hat is off to their team. I hope they go public. I hope they can use the dollars in the door so to speak, uh, to expand uh, to other markets and grow. And uh, more cake uh, from them, please. It is 
really darn delicious. And shockingly enough, they have a fantastic chicken noodle soup that my daughter sort of eats sometimes, and I always end up finishing. So if you go there, get the soup, get some cake, and, uh, you know, it's Chicago. Get yourself a hot dog. The second story comes from Pocket Cast and talking about a new home. But before we jump into just this little bit, uh, the second story, you're really going to see a theme on the next three stories, and it's really around spoken audio. But uh, Automatic, which is the parent company who owns Tumblr and WordPress, you might have remembered Automatic with two Ts, um, bought Tumblr from Yahoo or whatever the merger or Verizon, I'm not actually sure. Uh, but they want to add uh, Pocket Cast to their arsenal. And it makes a lot of sense. You've got Tumblr and WordPress, which is a blogging platform. And now you're going to have like native audio or potentially native audio that sort of ties into both of those platforms. And the fact that, you know, spoken word is becoming way more popular, both short and long form, it sort of fits nicely in their portfolio. I think what's more interesting is you've got Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, SiriusXM, all trying to vie for the same, um, you know, uh, market share, and they all want to have podcast or spoken word apps and app services. And uh, it will be interesting how Automatic uh, can leverage this to, uh, you know, not only generate revenue but also. Um, hopefully re-energize Tumblr, which, you know, is sort of a dead platform from my perspective. And, uh, you know, continue to bolster WordPress, which is, you know, arguably one of the largest, uh, you know, CMSs powering the internet. I, I don't have the exact figures, but I always remember it was like 50 or 75% of the internet is powered off of WordPress. So that is sort of the first sort of story about spoken audio. The second one is really about um, you know, not just one, but a couple of these smaller platforms like Beam, Quest, Pluto, and Facebook Soundbites that are trying to almost be like the TikTok of small spoken words or viral videos that is just more audio. And, you know, when you think about it, it sort of is strange. You're like, okay, I like a 15-minute podcast or I like an hour podcast or series of podcasts. Why am I going to like these like 30-second or one-and-a-half to two-minute uh, spoken words? And I see or I, I think I see the sort of social aspect of this and how you're looking for sort of like-minded comments and looking to like almost crowdsource I don't want to say crowdsource friends, but connect with individuals on the internet about specific ideas. From a consumer standpoint, I don't know how eloquent it will be to listen to those things all at once or together in like a collective and how they'll jump me from like one person's spoken word to the next um, and how that will just be interesting to the you know, consumer. I mean, this, I guess the same thing could have been said about TikTok a couple of years ago about the fact that someone would want to jump from, you know, one video to the next. So maybe I'm a little off there, but, uh, you know, I'm going to download a couple of these apps and sort of listen to it and see what I think. I haven't spent much time with the shorter spoken words, but uh, clearly, you know, uh, the younger millennials or whatever the generation after millennials is really likes this uh, short form content. And uh, it will be interesting to see, you know, can any of these other companies stand up to the sound bites 
uh, platform that Facebook's going to roll out. I think uh, I, I saw that Facebook's guaranteeing about a billion dollars of, of dollars uh, towards content creators. So it will be extremely challenging for these, uh, I'll call them incumbents, to enter in or expand in the marketplace beyond Facebook. But uh, who knows? All right, continuing the theme on sort of spoken word. So the NFL, who went and got cozy with Clubhouse last year, has, uh, you know, jumped to Twitter spaces, uh, which is sort of, you know, Twitter's answer to Clubhouse. And so this is really telling for Clubhouse. Um, And I think I've made mention to this on the show before. Clubhouse, if you are the owner-operator team of Clubhouse, you're kind of like kicking yourself for two reasons. The first is, you know, why did you not innovate fast enough or get dollars to help you innovate and get new products and services or lines to the market faster? The best example is, you know, not having a Android, uh, you know, app sooner. And then the second thing is, why not sell when the market was red hot during COVID because everyone and their sister has jumped in and kind of is playing in your space. But this isn't about Clubhouse. This is more about the NFL. So the fact that the NFL has, you know, which is essentially Mr. and Mrs. Sunday, and if you think about it, they own Thursday night, some Fridays, Sundays, and definitely Monday nights. They're going to now give, you know, more spoken word to post-game analysis or maybe even live game analysis through Twitter. And Twitter is just looking for new ways to continue to enhance their platform and give people more reasons to come back. They're also, you know, through their premium channels, looking uh, to allow content creators to, you know, sell subscriptions. So you're almost like creating your own MIDI radio station, if you will. And you're, you're going to have rising stars who are really fantastic announcers beyond, you know, the ABCs, the NBCs on TV, and then the Sirius XMs on radio, uh, and so on and so forth. So, you know, from a, an individual uh, standpoint, it will be kind of cool to go find superstars that you like listening to their point of view and kind of announce the game either before, during, or after. And for Twitter, it's, it's just more uh, eyes and ears on the platform. So the next story comes from Mixmag. And if you're less familiar with Mixmag, they are, uh, you know, electronic or DJ, you know, music producing uh, brand, mostly based out of the UK, I think. Um, they highlighted that uh, the MPs over in Europe, or specifically in the UK, are demanding higher royalties uh, from the streaming platforms that the labels generate roughly you know, $340 million from streaming, but the artists only see about 16%. So the BBC uh, has stated that Spotify pays between, I think, 0.02 and 0.03 uh, pounds. So let's just call this like, you know, two or three cents per stream. And Apple pays roughly a, a little more. And that means you, um, you know, for every 100,000 streams, an artist only sees, you know, 300 pounds. So 100,000 times your song is played, you get $300. Now, YouTube pays slightly more, and I've heard the highest, actually, is, of all things, Peloton. But um, the, the truth is, there's not, or there doesn't seem to be a way to get artists paid more for their streams. And I'm not an artist, so uh, you know I can't dis- 
determine if this feels fair or not fair. I think it's the business model and the construct. I think artists weren't making a ton of money off record sales uh, in the past, and you've got to balance you know, time to market, access to a, a, a wider range of individuals, and your ability to generate revenue. And unfortunately, in the current construct for many artists, this means that the, the primary way you're going to generate revenue is through merch, brand partnerships, and touring. So not that I have much of an opinion here. It's more just uh, interesting that uh, you're starting to see the government kind of come in and, and say to these large businesses, you know, give the artist a little more of a cut. My guess is that over time, all platforms will end up having to give artists a little more of a cut or they're going to, you know, better artists will get into more exclusive deals with key uh, platforms, you know, where they're doing more of their content creations on, let's say, just Apple Music or just Spotify or just YouTube. And, you know, I think we talked about this on the show before. Spotify is actually likely or, or engaging with Shopify. So, you know, if you're an artist, you'd be able to get your streaming dollars, you'd be able to get your merch dollars and presumably even concert sales. Uh, concert tickets um, through a single platform. So it'll be interesting over time to see how it evolves. Obviously, the UK is, you know, has their opinions. The US has theirs. Other markets, I'm sure, um, have, you know, differing opinions. But, uh, you know, let's get the artists paid uh, for their hard work. So if you've talked to me in the last, I don't know, year uh, Listen to this podcast, been on my site, been on social media, you can see that I knew very little about Barstool Sports before about a year ago. And it was a friend of mine that tipped me on to Erica Nardini as a person and just what she's done with Barstool Sports uh, over the last five years. So I think today marks her fifth anniversary uh, with working there. And she's roughly uh, taken the company from it's been reported 75 million, you know, I don't have the exact numbers to about 450 million dollars uh, last year. I think they're probably even higher that and a lot of that is to is the result of the uh, Penn National Gaming making uh, an acquisition uh, into their business and then they had to disclose some things. But uh, what I think about uh, Erica and really Barstool you know, Erica's done a fantastic job of, I will say, bringing the WWE approach to characters and brands to the everyday web in a way that they're able to operate across channels and platforms, push merch, monetize their platform, uh, different platforms, their different characters or brands, however you want to think about it, continue to grow at an incredible um, pace. And, you know, they don't always have it right. They don't always get it right. You know, they, they do some misstepping, but they seem to be, you know, doing really great things with their Barstool Fund. Um, and, you know, if you listen to their programming, you know, some shows you're going to love, some you're going to hate. I personally really enjoy Erica's Token CEO podcast. I listen to pretty much every episode, I would say probably four out of the five episodes I find really enjoying, which is, is pretty um, pretty hard for a podcast to keep you engaged on that many episodes. I find that most other sort of podcasts, you'll like maybe one out of three, one out of four. And, uh, you know, congratulations to Erica for her fifth year anniversary to the Barstool Sports team. 
And uh, if you haven't gone and checked out her podcast, uh, I think today, uh, the episode from uh, today is really talking about her journey there and kind of lessons learned. Uh, but, uh, you know, go subscribe to her show. Go buy some token CEO mar- merch. Join the Nardini uh, Run Club. Um, and, uh, yeah, that uh, wraps it up for the episode this week. Um, as always, you can get this episode and all of the previous episodes on all major podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to Daily Blend. You can find me, Reed Daily, at Reed Daily, uh, R-E-E-D-D-A-I-L-E-Y, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll catch you on Friday for the Friday Top 5.